Welcome to The Offer Letter, the podcast designed to help you, the job seeker, to perfect your interview skills. Every episode, we have a special guest here to help us decode a common interview question with me, your host and interview coach, Michael Manzano. Today's question is this. Here's the offer. Are you ready to join our team? Now, this is what the podcast is trying to get you to in your job search. The offer letter. Now, quickly, you can sign on the dotted line and trust that they've told you everything, kind of like those terms and conditions that Apple and Amazon always send to my email. Or you can negotiate for more favorable terms. So this episode will be a little different as we want to have more of a conversation with our guest today about what to say and consider when doing a negotiation when they give you that job offer. So our guest today joining us from the sunshine state of Florida is Scott Singer, who is a certified professional resume writer and a certified career coach who works with professionals at all levels and from a variety of disciplines that prepare for and succeed in their career. He's also the president of Insider Career Strategies. So Scott, welcome to the podcast. And why don't you walk us through what would usually happen to get to this point where they give you the offer? Yeah, so thank you, and, and it's a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for having me. Um, you know, so here it is. You're a job seeker. You've gone through the entire process. You've gone through the initial phone screen, uh, you know, where you had the conversation with the recruiter or human resources or the hiring manager. They bring you in. You do the interview, and, you know, everything's gone the way it's, that you hope it would go, and here it is. You know, they call you up, and they say, hey, you know, hey, Michael, we've got an offer for you. Are you ready to join our team? That's great. And that's the point that everyone wants to get to. So why don't you uh, I mean, there's three main scenarios that can happen. And I want to talk about each of those scenarios with you. So let's start off a little easier. And let's say that you are like given the offer. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, if the offer is what you're looking for, you know, you've had the discussions with them about what your expectations are and the offer meets or exceeds that. Um, you know, you have a pretty clear choice. I mean, I think it's at that point you, you know, I think you want to, you know, unless some other factors come into play, I think you, you accept the offer. And basically what you do is you say to them, thank you very much. I really appreciate this. Um, I am very excited to be joining the team. Uh, and I, you know, you can consider this my acceptance. It's also considered appropriate to say, can I think about this overnight and get back to you? Um, you know, talk to my family, talk to the people in my life that matter and, you know, come back to you, but everything looks good. And, uh, you know, you thank them for the offer. Now, let's say that you do want to think it over. What's the appropriate amount of time that you want to think it over or like the maximum amount of time that you want to be given or give them? Yeah. So, you know, in the, uh, you know, in, in the days when I was just starting out, it used to be a two week period, right? You know, you get the offer, you kind of go back, you think about it for two weeks and, and, you know, we're, we're now in the age where everything is immediate. It's immediate gratification and employers are no different. So, um, you know, that cycle has come in pretty close. I mean, I think basically if you are asking for additional time to think about an offer, I think it's perfectly fair and acceptable for you to ask for a day or two or maybe three um, to get back. But I think anything longer than that's going to start to sow questions about how interested you are in the opportunity. Now, that's why I like it when you get an offer maybe on a Friday or something. And then you do have the whole weekend to think it over because, of course, you know, unless they work on the weekend, then... I mean, you've got the whole weekend to think it over. Now, let's move on to scenario two. 
Now, what if you don't like the offer at all? Maybe because you have another offer or maybe you've changed your mind about the company. Then what would you say in this situation? Yeah, and I think what we're talking about, this just isn't the right place to be, correct? Right. Uh, Yeah, and I think, you know, it's important to keep in mind you never want to burn a bridge during your career. It's, you know, here we are, um, you know, I don't know about how it is up there in Calgary, but, you know, here down in uh, in South Florida, I mean, the Miami metro area is about six million people, but it's kind of a small town at the same time. You know, a lot of people rotate through a lot of the same companies. Everybody tends to know somebody through a couple of degrees of separation. So you don't want to do anything that's going to burn a bridge. And, um, you know, the best way to handle that is to act with absolute graciousness. You know, thank you so much for the offer. I really appreciate it. Um, however, upon further consideration and looking at some personal factors, um, I'm not going to be able to accept the offer at this time. Thank you again so much for consideration and sincerely. And and you want to make sure you close it on a positive note. Um, you know, if there's sour grapes, you don't want to put those in there. You know, I didn't really like the way that the manager I talked to looked at me during the interview. You know, that's not really something you want to you want to get into. Um, you know, or the salary is just too low or something like that. I think it's best to just kind of put a nice spin on it. Um, and, you know, because the reality is that if this isn't the right opportunity, you never know if another door will open up there again in the future. And you do not want to close that opportunity. Oh, and that's so true about like burning bridges, especially. It doesn't matter if you're in an industry or even in a city of 100,000 or a city of like 10 million. You know, somebody's going to know somebody's going to know somebody and they're going to hear about this. So make sure that you are gracious, as Scott said, and, you know, that you do this correctly. Now, the last scenario is probably the trickiest one. And this is the one where you would want to negotiate. I mean, you're excited about joining the company and, you know, most of the offer sounds good, except for maybe one or two things, maybe even three things. Maybe it's a salary, which is a little low, or maybe the benefits are not what you thought. Or you were maybe hoping for more time off. And these are just a few examples. Like everyone's situation will be different. So let's first start off with this one. What are the things that you can negotiate? And what are the things that might be off limits to negotiate or maybe be in bad taste to negotiate? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, of course, every market's a little bit different. You know, I mean, I know that federal legislation up in Canada can be very different than federal legislation in the U.S. And even in the U.S., state by state, it can vary. Um, but I think that it's important to know that there are things that are definitely things that you can try to negotiate. Um, I'm not saying you're going to be successful, but you can certainly try in good faith. You know, salary is the big one. You can absolutely try to negotiate on salary. Um, you know, now some companies will have what, what they, you know, consider very firm ranges of what they will consider for a job. Um, you know, or they'll, ha- they'll know that my budget is X, but you know, the truth of the matter is that salary is kind of a fluid thing. And that's probably the one piece you can negotiate. A lot of people try to negotiate vacation time. You know, there's people that maybe have, you know, they're coming from a job where they've got four weeks of vacation that they've earned over 10 years, uh, four weeks per year. And then, you know, here they are, they've got a job offer and they're offering them two weeks of vacation. Um, you know, this is really going to be a challenging situation. And um, the reason that, you know, negotiating any of these perks can be difficult is because of a concept called equity. And, you know, Michael, the concept is that you want to treat people of similar skills and experience the same way. And that means providing them a similar package. And it's, 
you know, it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to give you an extra $3,000 a year to somebody sitting next to someone else. Salary data usually tends to be confidential. Whereas if you get four weeks of vacation and the person sitting next to you gets two, they're going to be very obvious that when you're away from their your desk for an additional two weeks. So, um, you know, there's a lot of factors like that. I think one of the other factors that I think is is more negotiable, depending on the size of the company, is title. Um, you know, if you're coming into a small organization, you know, and I say small, I mean, maybe 40, 50, 100 people, um, you know, it's going to generally be more flexible. You're probably going to have less of a hierarchy. So, you know, if you're more concerned about having a director title versus a manager title, that may be something you're able to negotiate. Um, you know, if you want the corner office, I don't know that that's something you're going to necessarily get unless you're a C-suite executive. Um, you know, but the the one thing that I'm seeing everybody trying to think about negotiating right now is virtual work. You know, here's the job. It says that you're supposed to be in the office and the employee wants to work from home two, three, five days a week. And, um, you know, right now we're, we're kind of heading into uncharted territory in terms of what company policies are going to be. So I think that's the one that's probably going to be the trickiest. And one last thing I want to bring up, too, is, is that may be something that you'd be willing and able to get, not necessarily working at home five days. But if they can't give you the money to the additional money that's going to end up costing you for daycare and everything else. Well, if you can negotiate in that case, maybe perhaps two days of work from home where you're not going to be paying commute costs, not going to be doing daycare, that may be something that's a nice trade-off that you can give. It's really not going to cost the company anything. Oh, yeah. And that's always tricky. You brought up something interesting about the size of the company as well. Like, how much weight does that hold and how much does that factor in and how much you can negotiate or what you can negotiate? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, there's no hard and fast formula here, right? It's, you know, I think it's going to be, I mean, if we're talking about just the number one factor, which is salary, you know, that's going to be, I mean, look, every company at every size is going to have the ability to negotiate that. Now, whether or not they give any ground is another story. Um, but, you know, small companies, they may have less of a budget, but they may be willing to work with you on it. Bigger companies, they generally tend to have ranges. So, you know, they know that there's going to be opportunities where they get somebody that they really want for more money. So, you know, there's no hard and fast rule here. I think you just need to kind of flesh it out. And I think the other part of this, by the way, is you've got to really get a sense of what your bargaining position is. You know, if, if, you know, if let's say the company has gone through interviews, let's say this job has been open for six months and, you know, the, the hiring manager screaming because they don't have someone to do the work and it's critical stuff, you know, they may be a little more amenable than, you know, the job comes out and, you know, two weeks later, you're the first candidate they make an offer to, you know, and your, your skills barely meet the requirements versus somebody who's a superstar. So it helps to know what kind of bargaining position you're in. Like do your research, just like everything else. It's important to do your research before you start doing, before you start negotiating. And I guess the million dollar question now, Scott, is what do you say if you want to negotiate these parts in the offer letter? Yeah. So I, I think that's a great question. And I think before you even start doing that, you mentioned a really important piece, which is the research. Um, you know, there's a wonderful tool out there called payscale.com. It's a website. Basically, it's it's scientifically validated. You put in your information of what, you know, your market, your job skills, you you get a sense of what the margin, what the market will bear for your experience. So, you know, I think it's important to know that, um, to understand what the value is that you're bringing to the table, understand if you're coming from a position of strength or weakness in terms of salary. So, you know, that's part one. But I think 
the, the important part of this is that when you are getting into these discussions with the hiring manager or the recruiter, it's it's important to remember that your goal here is not to build animosity. Your goal is to get to yes. You know, you're trying to find a solution that's going to work for everybody, because if the negotiation works smoothly and, you know, you get to where you need to be, then great. Everybody's going to be happy. You've got, you know, you've got the job you want at the compensation you want, and they've got the employee they want. However, if, you know, it turns into an adversarial situation where you are basically, you know, giving threats or, you know, seem to be negotiating in bad faith. Like, let me give you an example. Maybe you've gone into an interview at the, you know, the initial phone screen. They asked you what you were looking for. You said you were okay with $70,000 a year. They came back to you with an offer of 70000 and now you're trying to negotiate, you know, more money. It's like, well, you already told us that was what you're willing to take. So, you know, I think it's it's really a question of having done your research and knowing where you're starting from. But I think anytime you're giving news like this, I mean, you want to sandwich bad news. You want to have good news, then bad news, then good news. And the way that I would phrase this is as follows, something to the effect of, you know, Michael, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to join the team. I'm extremely excited to be joining your organization. I think this is a great opportunity. It's going to be a great place for me to grow and develop. However, um, I do have some questions about the compensation. I'd like to understand a little bit more about, you know, how the organization came at this figure. Um, you know, as you can see on my background, I bring to the table X years of experience and with market research and where I've been, you know, I've seen some different figures. I'd like to better understand that. Um, again, I want to reiterate, this is a fantastic opportunity. And if we can get past this, I'd very much like to join the organization. Now, you did mention something like you gave an example about $70,000 and if you, uh, you know, talking in bad faith. Now, let's say, for example, you give a range like in the interview, I said 70 to $80,000 and they come back with 70,000. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you were hoping to get more on the higher part of that scale, maybe like 78,000, 79,000, something like that. Is that bad faith? Not necessarily. No, because if you're giving a range, you're talking about the roles that you're looking at in that range. It's not necessarily specific. And, you know, I mean, there might be some people whose feelings get hurt, but I don't think it's reasonable in that case. I think what you you know, because they, you haven't nailed that down. And, and the other part of this is that, um, you know, I want to make clear, I mean, in the United States, um, you know, Packages of compensation can look very different. So what I mean by that is that in the United States, for example, most you know salaried positions come with a benefits component, health insurance, for example. And, you know, with that health insurance, you might pay deductibles out of your pocket that, you know, make the package very, very expensive for you. Whereas you might have another company that's paying all the premiums and they're, you know, it's low cost insurance. So you know, there's different pieces that go into that. And the other part of this is usually when the offer comes out, that's when everybody puts their cards on the table. So the employer will typically share with you what their benefits package looks like. What are you getting? So that's going to help you make an entire decision on that. So I don't think it's necessarily bad faith. I think that's really when you start digging further. Now, to, to go further one back, there is the question of, okay, well, here it is. I've, you know, got this offer. I, you know, I got the offer at 70. I want to get to 78. How do you get there? And, you know, I think that the way that you basically do this is you, you give the employer an incentive. 
And first of all, what you do is you explain to them, you know, I appreciate this, you know, the, the you know, however, I've been doing research on this and, you know, the market shows that um, and I've been talking to employers, you know, for opportunities in the range of they're more closer towards the upper end of that. Um, you know, I, again, I want to reiterate, I'm extremely excited to join your organization. And if we can get to 78 on the base salary, I will sign that offer letter today and, and join your company in two weeks. Oh, that's great. Now, let's say that you're trying to negotiate, but they're not giving you what you're looking for. I mean, what would you advise at that point? You know, that's a cost benefit question. You know, I, I mean, I'm assuming you're saying you're asking for 78 and they, they're not budging, right? You know, maybe right. they're not. Yeah. So, you know, I think you need to start thinking about what's, you know, what's your long term proposition here? You know, is this a good job? Is, you know, are you negotiating over a few dollars that aren't going to make a huge difference in your life? Um, is this really about, you know, a line in the sand or is this really about making sure that you're feeling compensated appropriately for what you're doing? I, I'll tell you, I recognize there's a mercenary aspect of going into the salary negotiation, right? You know, you're in there and you're trying to kind of get the best deal for yourself and the employer's trying to get as little, you know, the best they can for as little as possible. So, you know, it's, it's a challenge and the process does breed a little bit of mistrust, but I think it's important to really look at the situation objectively. Is this job lower than what you want? Okay. Yes. You've decided that. However, will being in this job for a year, two or three get you where you want to be? You know, and that's when you start factoring in other factors. Is there a bonus component to this? You know, if you do really well, are you going to get a, a bonus every year? It, what's the growth potential? Is this going to give you the opportunity to be promoted? Is there the opportunity to gain additional skills that you don't have that will make you more marketable? Um, do you like the people that you're talking to? You know, is this is this a group that you're going to enjoy going to work with every day? You know, you've really got to look at all of those factors. And if the answer is no, you know, I just can't make this work, then yes, you go back to the drawing board. I think it's, you know, rather than get into a prolonged back and forth with the employer that's going to build some bad blood, you know, you thank them for the opportunity. Say, listen, you know, I understand you have your constraints. I have mine. Um, this unfortunately is not going to work. Thank you. And that may force them to look at it again. It may not. You know, you shouldn't go into that with the intent that it's it's kind of a, you know, I'm taking my toys and walking away approach. <laughs> There's that factor. But on the other hand, if you think it's going to give you the other fact, you know, the other pieces, it's going to give you the growth and the potential and the long term compensation and the skills. Yeah. I mean, I think then you seriously think about, OK, you know what? Um, I am very excited. Maybe there's something that you can negotiate that's not necessarily as heavy duty. You know, would it be possible to get a couple of additional vacation days based on what I've got? You know, I'm not talking about asking for two more weeks. I'm asking, you know, maybe there's something else you can build into that. Maybe I've also seen this happen where if you can't make it work on the salary side, sometimes an employer is willing to do a signing bonus. You know, the reason being that they may say, okay, look, we can't give you an extra $5,000 a year, you know, in your salary. But we'd be willing to give you a $5,000 sign-on bonus to get you on board. Um, the reason is it doesn't go into their fixed cost for salary every year. They don't have to plan for you like that. And it can take some of the sting off. But here's the one thing I'm just going to mention, too, is all the money in the world doesn't make a bad job good. It doesn't. And, you know, people are in bad jobs all the time and they get paid a lot of money. What's more important is making sure that you're, you know, that you're looking holistically at, you know, is it the right blend of the compensation benefits and job satisfaction that you're going to be looking for? That's where you make your decision. Oh, and you bring up so, so many good points there, Scott. Now, 
make sure that you do know what your deal breakers are before going in. And I like what you were saying, Scott, like you can't get one thing, then why don't you try negotiating on another thing? If you can't get A, maybe you could get B instead. So negotiation is a two-way street. So know what you're willing to give up and know what you really want. And that's the most important thing or one of the most important things when you are going into your negotiations. Now, I want to ask you one more question. Where do unions fit in when it comes to negotiating your offer? Oh, well, if you're going into a union environment, there's a lot of variation there, um, you know, from what we've talked about. I mean, union, you know, unions are based on collective bargaining, which means they're going to have typical scales based on, you know, the specific experience and everything. You're not going to have much room to negotiate at all. In most cases, you know, there may be some specific exemptions, but, you know, in most cases, it's pretty standard. I think it's going to be rather boilerplate. Yeah, it's pretty tough. But again, before you go into your negotiation, make sure you do your research, do your research. Maybe there might be something, maybe not. But yeah, in my experience, you know, unions are pretty tough to negotiate around. Yeah, and you never know what be what you're able to negotiate on. I mean, put it out there, try it, see what happens. And you never know. But be respectful. Be respectful. Yeah. yeah. Be respectful about it. Definitely be respectful about it. Scott, you've got lots of stuff on the go. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and what how you can help others? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I am a resume writer and career coach. I work with clients from a variety of different places in the U.S., Canada, around the world. Um, basically, you know, I leverage my background. I used to be a recruiter, corporate recruiter in some pretty big name companies. Um, and what I do is I work with people to build their resumes, build their LinkedIn profiles, give them the guidance in terms of how to succeed in interviews and salary negotiations and job search. Um, and that's what I do. And if you'd like to learn more about what I do, you can certainly feel free to visit my website, www.insidercareerstrategies.com. My email is scott.singer at insidercs.com. And definitely check that, check out that information. And we're going to have that also in the show notes. So make sure you do check out those links, check out the website, contact Scott if you're especially in the Florida area. And you do need that help in getting a job or even in the States, anywhere in the States. You do remote stuff, right, Scott? I do. I do. And I've worked with several people from the Great White North up there, too. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for all those tips and tricks. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today on the Offer Letter. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can get the latest episodes. My name is Michael Manzano and join us next time as we decode another interview question so you can get your offer letter.